0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung.
1: Hey everybody, it's Los. We have finished the regular fantasy season in most leagues, heading into the playoffs. Well, not completely finished. Uh, my playoff hopes and dreams sort of rely on the Eagles' defense tonight. That's not uh, not great, not by my own choosing. But hey, that's fantasy. That's why we play, right?
0: Yeah, and that's exactly why I'm uh, rooting for Colt McCoy tonight. <laughs>
1: Be afraid. Be very afraid.
0: What's uh what, what happened, Los? So uh, why why isn't your fantasy playoff hopes in your hands?
1: Well, what happened is Leonard Fournette decided to have let's call it a skirmish, let's call it a spirited little outing, uh, ended up uh, you know, laying down, tussling for about sixteen minutes, and then ended up on, you know, my bench due to suspension this week. So I of course had to throw Corey Davis into my lineup because of a few things, and he actually did okay, but you know, not enough to get the job done.
0: Indeed, but uh, hopefully, if you're if you're still listening to this podcast, uh, one of two things has happened: either you've made it into your fantasy playoffs, uh, or you truly are an addict uh, and listening to a redraft podcast when you're out of it.
1: Or that you're just smart because there's always new news, things to plan for, things for next year. There's plenty of things we'll talk about today that will affect next year's NFL game.
0: Yeah, never, uh, never too early to start planning, particularly if you play in keeper or dynasty leagues. Um, but as always, we will begin with our Gillette Close shave of the week. This week, uh, the Traver- the excuse me, the Chargers traveled east for an important AFC matchup against the Steelers. And early on, things looked bleak for Philip Rivers and company, with Pittsburgh going up two scores in the first quarter. However, perhaps energized by the fact that he was having a ninth child, Rivers stepped up, firing the ball time and again to his favorite child, Keenan Allen. It seemed like every pass from Rivers was to Allen, and it came pretty close. By the end of the night, Allen's 14 catches accounted for over half of Rivers' 26 completions. For reasons unknown, the Steelers kept linebackers in coverage on Allen even late into the game, despite getting burned by him all night. Keenan Allen would finish the game with 14 catches for 148 yards and a touchdown on which he caught a deflected ball that should have been intercepted, helping to set up a game-winning field goal by Michael Badgley as time expired. Get your close shave like Keenan Allen with Gillette, the best a man can get. Want to try blades for less? It's easy. Just choose the right blade for you, order conveniently on the website, by email or by text, and your blades will get shipped right to your door. Start today and get $3 off your first order.
1: All right, Mung, you, you did me really dirty there. I didn't want to talk about Keenan Allen. He's really the reason that uh, I'm sitting at, he's he's causing this closed shave for me because he's the reason I need to rely on the Eagles defense here. Just catch after catch after catch, watching my playoff dreams dwindle away and gosh that 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 touchdown where the Steelers defenders took each other out I I I about blew a gasket when that happened
0: and uh indeed that factored into my decision to give him the award this week
1: oh of course it did <laughs> I, I, uh, you're you're just the worst I don't I don't want to talk but about that's anymore. that's why He's
0: we play to- fantasy right it's the emotional <laughs> highs and lows
1: that's exactly exactly what it is. I'm sure you're watching it just as close as me because you didn't want to see Los in the playoffs.
0: That's certainly true your team's very dangerous.
1: All right let's uh, let's get into the reviews for week one of the playoffs for most leagues uh, most settings at least for folks that um, are aware enough let's call it I want to say smart enough but let's call it aware enough to not have your uh, have your season extended to week 17. that's fantasy rookie move. Okay. Thursday night football, Jacksonville at Tennessee. The Jacksonville D came to play after being embarrassed week in and week out. And they have a nice matchup again here at Tennessee. Uh, the offense only mustered enough for six points on the day, six or uh, two field goals versus that Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis defense. Fournette should be back and rested and will be a running back one. In his absence due to suspension, Hyde went 13 carries 36 yards with one catch to T.J. Yeldon's eight carries uh, for 16 yards, seven catches, uh, 49 yards receiving. As a Fournette owner, I was happy to learn what the plan is here with the other running backs, and I will say that Yeldon is the guy to own uh, with a PPR running back flex value any game that Fournette misses despite the Hyde acquisition. Um, So just in case you're in the playoffs with him, which – it, it was tough to make the playoffs with Leonard Fournette this year, don't, don't get me wrong, but if he's there, probably probably keep Yeldon there on your bench, just in case, if he is available to you. Um, I'm not touching any receiver or pass catcher with Cody Kessler at the helm. This this team really needs a good draft this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of talent uh, on, on offense here. Really, they just need a quarterback, and they probably should have paid up for Cousins in the offseason, but what's yeah, done is done yeah. here. Uh, they are rolling out with Cody Kessler, and... That's why this is set up to be another ugly, gutted-out kind of game. Um, I agree, with, uh, especially with Hunt gone and Gordon out as well. Uh, Fournette has to be a low-end running back one here. Uh, and as you said, uh, I think even with Fournette active, Yeldon can still be a viable low-end flex play. He does still get involved in the passing game when Fournette is active. However, his ceiling is certainly lower um and as you said you really should have better options than all the other positions wide receiver quarterback tight end you don't want to start any of the Jaguars players there uh, I will mention though that the Jacksonville defense is a decent play here uh, the Titans have been very up and down on offense and the Jaguars uh they've been a little boomer bust on defense as well but uh, I think they'll have a decent game here
1: Yeah, Talk about players I don't want to start. Tennessee escaped the Jets with a win after going to a hole early with a late Corey Davis touchdown. Davis had a pretty quiet day otherwise, two catches only. Uh, Taylor had some deep connections with Marcus Mariota, but uh, I'm officially out on this team this week, probably the rest of the season completely.
0: Yeah, really, um, Deion Lewis is the only maybe viable guy here, uh, but even so, Lewis would be a desperation flex play in PPR. Uh, he's really just not even getting that much work in the passing game. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't that good, but their defense just shut out Andrew Luck. So, uh, as you said, uh, probably avoiding everyone else on the Titans if possible here. Um, as for the matchup, I think as long as Kessler doesn't go full Bortles, then uh, you know I'll take the Jaguars on the road. Yeah,
1: I uh, the the uh, latest line I saw was actually Tennessee by four points, but I'm taking Jacksonville here. I, I I'd be shocked if that line doesn't become at least you know much closer to a pick 'em by game time. Uh, well, I Sunday could see
0: game- like a like a nine to six win by either team.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Actually, that, that's that's a great point. Um, the Sunday games kicking off noon Central. New York Jets at Buffalo Bills. The Jets lost late versus Tennessee, and who knows what they're going to do in Buffalo. Of course, Buffalo's defense isn't necessarily horrible. Uh, maybe Crowell as a flex play, but that's it for this team. Chris Herndon has not paid off, paid off as of late. Two catches, thirty-one yards this past week.
0: Right, and I think those are the two guys I would highlight as well. Crowell as a flex and. Um, I actually don't mind Chris Herndon here, uh, but I would probably avoid him this week as well. Despite his emergence as one of the top targets on this offense, uh, the Bills do defend against opposing tight ends very well. Um, And, you know, same uh, goes for the quarterbacks here. Despite Miami's success against Buffalo here, I would not bet on Sam Darnold or Josh McCown repeating that feat, uh, regardless of whether Darnold's healthy enough to start this week. Um, I will mention uh, at wide receiver, I I still prefer Quincy Inunua over Robbie Anderson if you had to pick one here. Uh, Despite Anderson's touchdown this past game, uh, I think he's going to have a very tough matchup outside against Tredavious White, and I would think that uh, Noon would get a few more targets in this one.
1: Totally agree. And uh, Jermaine Kerr's catchless this past week also. Uh, As for Buffalo, they lost a close one versus Miami and could score some points versus the Jets, but there's not many places to turn here. LaShawn McCoy is likely not on many playoff rosters, but if he is, he's a low end running back, too. And I guess the story of the game was Zay Jones with his nine targets, two touchdowns, should have been three touchdowns, was wide open for another. And he was a highly drafted wide receiver last year. Maybe he's getting it together. He's definitely worth a flyer in dynasty leagues, should be owned in deep dynasty leagues, but certainly not a fantasy playoff starter this week or anything like that. Josh Allen is looking like he might have some dynasty value as well with a good rushing upside. He was drafted to be that Cam Newton type quarterback and, it's sort of funny. He's got Kelvin Benjamin there and, you know, a speedy guy with uh, Zay Jones. I don't know. Maybe there's a future there. Maybe there isn't, but it's it's not this year.
0: Yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to disagree uh, on those guys. But uh, real quick game break. I think uh, somebody up there likes you, Los, because Mark Sanchez coming into the game for the Redskins. <gasps> so we'll see. Um, we'll see. Maybe Sanchez has, a, has an amazing game. You never know. Oh, gosh. Um, what,
1: what hit, did McCoy go down?
0: Yeah, he was walking to the locker room. Uh, I'm not sure what exactly oh, no. happened.
1: All I saw was he was 4 for 4 with 50 yards. But uh, but if he's going back, it's time for the Sanchez to get me into the playoffs, baby. Come <laughs> on.
0: We'll see. Um, but going back to Buffalo here, I, I don't mind Josh Allen this week. Uh, he's not a terrible choice as a quarterback streamer. In fact... Uh, Allen I would say is a high floor high ceiling quarterback two option much like Lamar Jackson Uh, he's got that rushing upside and at this point I'd argue that Jackson while he has the better matchup this week Allen has the same kind of rushing tools but is probably a better passer right now Um, so I I think he is more than just a dynasty stash Uh, he's viable as a quarterback streamer rest of the season here. Um, for the same reason, uh, while you certainly wouldn't want to rely on Zay Jones, uh, he's a he's a viable, what, uh, let's say wide receiver four in deeper leagues because he is the main target on this team right now. Kelvin Benjamin dropping that easy touchdown could have had a bigger day, but we know that Benjamin's always been inconsistent. Jones has a chance to solidify himself as the number one target here. Uh, You know, he had nine targets against Miami, accounted for over 27% of the target share. So maybe a little bit of uh, potential value here, especially in deeper leagues. And for that reason, uh, I'm a little optimistic here. I'm going to take Buffalo at home. Uh, It was a close battle between them and Miami, and I think they can take this one.
1: I will also take Buffalo uh, at at home in the divisional game. Uh, Carolina at Cleveland. The Panthers continue to get embarrassed by what should be worse than them teams. And I expect this one to be close yet again for him. Cam is still a quarterback one despite a four interception day versus Tampa Bay. Christian McCaffrey had another 20 plus point day. Nine catches a touchdown and remains a solid running back one. Greg Olson, um, with Greg Olson out and injured, frees up targets for Samuel and Moore to have bigger roles in the offense this week. It's a tough call between these three wide receivers, and I assume you aren't relying on them for your playoff matchup. But if you are, I'd probably go with DJ Moore, despite not showing much this past week. Curtis Samuel feels much less reliable to me, and Funchess is definitely on the downtrend of his usage with this team.
0: Yeah, I would agree there. Uh, of those three, I would rank DJ Moore the highest. Um, I have him and Curtis Samuel both as low end wide receiver threes, a bit boomer bust, but um, I, I think Samuel can be fine. Uh, Funches, I have as a boomer bust wide receiver four, did get the score there. Um, I also want to mention Ian Thomas as a streaming tight end two option here. Thomas was not great filling in for Greg Olson earlier in the season, but. Uh, Against Tampa Bay here, he caught all five of his targets for 46 yards after Olsen re-injured that foot against Tampa Bay. Um, You know, Cleveland gives up a ton of points to opposing tight ends, so this is a good matchup for Thomas as well.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a good uh, good find you got there. Uh, as for the Browns, they got down quickly to Houston and had to play catch up all game. Nick Chubb was held to nine carries, but was the only rusher on the team who touched the football and did score a touchdown on top of three catches plus 41 yards receiving. Uh, Jarvis Landry led the team in yardage, catches, and targets with six of nine for 103. With Antonio Callaway in the second with three catches for 84 yards, six targets. They're both wide receiver threes with upside this week, with tons of players rotating in it, uh, receiver lately, um, and Njoku had low-end tight end one uh, touchdown-dependent upside, of course, as per every week. The last note here, I guess, is Duke Johnson was just two catches for uh, two catches for 12 yards on three targets despite the uh, team being down all game. He's just not getting any semblance of the usage we might be expecting.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense with the money that they gave him in the off season. but uh, since when does the NFL make sense, right? No. Yeah. Um. You know, of the <laughs> wide receivers, uh, I actually prefer Callaway here over Landry as a flex. Um. Even with some big-time catches uh, from Landry against Houston, I think that Callaway probably has a better chance to break a long touchdown. Um, the only other note is I think Mayfield's going to be a nice high-end tight end, or excuse me, quarterback too uh, this week. Uh, even though he had a rough day against the Texans, that Houston pass rush just ate him alive and, you know, the Panthers defense isn't scaring anybody right now. So in deeper leagues, uh, you know, I don't mind starting Mayfield. And then as crazy as it sounds, I think I'm leaning towards the Browns here in a close game. You know, Carolina's proven in the last few weeks that they can't finish. And Newton's turning the ball over way too much right now. I don't trust them at all. And, you know, this Browns team is on the upswing here.
1: I thought this was a game you'd be able to pick up on me in our pick 'em, but uh, I also picked the Browns, so uh, so there we go. Um, Vegas also thinks it's pretty darn close. Carolina favored by one point right now, so we're not crazy, folks. This is what's happening to Carolina. They're playing like trash. Atlanta at Green Bay. The Falcons will look to make up for their Baltimore loss against the downward-spiraling Packers. Uh, Talk about a team in flux. Uh, Matt Ryan should be a fine quarterback, one against this bad pass defense. I know he did not look good at all, but Green Bay's defense has not looked good at all either. Julio's a wide receiver, one. Ridley has solid flex upside, in my opinion, this week. Uh, Smith and Coleman were bottled up well versus Baltimore, but uh, Coleman should be a fine running back, too, this week at Green Bay. And Austin Hooper tacked on another touchdown with five catches, He's another one of those low-end tight end one options. Not the best, not the worst. Like I've said, he's not my favorite. I don't really know why. I think it's because I've, I've picked the wrong weeks too many times with him, so I, I just can't stand to be burdened by him again.
0: Well, I don't know if it's a trend or it's the exact cause and effect here, but you know, the one thing I'll disagree with you on here is Austin Hooper. I do not like him this week. Um, okay. The Packers haven't given up too many fantasy points to opposing tight ends. And part of that is probably because how easy it is to throw outside on their rookie corners here. Um, Fair enough, yeah. Well, it it seems to me that Austin Hooper seems to have those bigger games when Matt Ryan's really struggling. Uh, You know, he's that safety blanket target. But I don't think that Ryan's necessarily going to need to check it down here. Um, You know, I think he's going to have plenty of options with Julio and Ridley getting open on the outside against these rookie corners filling in. So I have Hooper as just a mid-range tight end, too, this week. Uh, I'd probably avoid, depending on your options here. The only other thing is that this was one of, you know, Julio's worst games in the last decade, probably. But, uh, (laughs) you know, there's no exact stat, but, you know, generally speaking, I feel like he does really, really well after a down game. So don't, uh, don't get crazy here. You're not benching Julio or anything like that.
1: 12 catches, 200 yards, and a touchdown.
0: Yeah, I, you know that would not shock me in the least.
1: <laughs> I hope so. As for the Green Bay Packers, uh, Green Bay's got some serious soul searching to do after a loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they they started that soul searching by releasing Mike McCarthy as as you had thought they were going to the season. So kudos to you, Monk. Uh Just a poorly called game by a. By a poorly performing coach, in my opinion, eleven rushes only for Aaron Jones versus a bottom of the league rushing defense—that is inexcusable. He should be a low end running back one here, but I don't know what this new coach is going to do. Uh, uh, I can't think of his name right now. I'm not a Packers guy. Joe uh, Philbin. I'm, I'm Joe Philbin. Oh gosh, really? The the old Miami guy? Yep. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's
0: not good. Oof. Are yeah. The, uh, are the Packers the up. new Browns?
1: <laughs> Pardon.
0: Are the Packers the new Browns?
1: They, ju- I. You know, oh, I'll give credit so. to, I, I, to
0: our producer Dan there.
1: <laughs> Good job, Dan. I really hope so. Um, I'm more comfortable calling Jones a, a running back too. Wish he could be better, but he is what he is. Um, Adams is obviously a one. Rodgers is a fine, fine start versus that Atlanta secondary. And Jimmy Graham is a low and tight end one. He's doing okay with that thumb. Uh, the second wide receiver spot is just a complete mess right now, and nothing is really reliable. If you're desperate, I'd probably guess as St. Brown this week, but there is absolutely zero confidence there.
0: Uh, I I probably wouldn't go with Brown. I I don't foresee him playing too many snaps now that Randall Cobb is back healthy. But, you know, I I was a a week too early on my prediction about the firing of Mike McCarthy, but here we are. Um, This doesn't really impact Aaron Rodgers all that much. Still fantasy quarterback one, although probably keeping him in that mid-to-low end QB1, uh, given his recent struggles, but certainly a ton of upside in what should be a good matchup against an Atlanta here. Um, as, as we said in just a second ago, F- Joe Philbin, the interim head coach and offensive coordinator, but, you know, I, I feel like the offensive coordinator part is almost more entitled at this point. I'm sure Rodgers will have plenty of freedom to change plays at the line of scrimmage as he sees fit. And then surprisingly enough, Jimmy Graham was effective playing with the splint on his thumb. Uh, he got plenty of targets. I don't know if that was just in frustration because the rookie wide receivers couldn't seem to get open at all. Uh, but if that continues, uh, Graham gets bumped back up to a low end tight end one, assuming that target share persists. And Marcus Valdez-Scanling, Equinemius St. Brown, they're just not getting it done. They're not on the same page yet with Rogers. Uh, of course, they're starting Devontae Adams, but uh, I think my choice of a Packers wide receiver not named Adams would probably be Randall Cobb. I don't love it. But, uh, you know, I have him as a low-end flex, high-end wide receiver four. I like him the most out of those guys. Um, Aaron Jones, I don't know either. I don't think anybody knows. I can only assume that Joe Philbin would use him a little bit more. I have Jones as a low-end running back one purely because, again, with Gordon and Hunt out uh, and Connor questionable to play, just there aren't too many reliable running back ones out there right now. So Jones has enough upside against... Uh, A Falcons team. That's really not tackled. Well, he's my RB 10 this week. So, um, as for the matchup, I, I don't know about this one, you know, the Packers are on the ropes, but the Falcons aren't doing too much better this year. So I guess I'm still going to take the home team Packers.
1: Yeah, this was a tough one for me. Um, the line still has the Packers still pretty heavily favored, but, uh, I I think Atlanta's going to come in, come in on the road. It's tough to beat him in Lambeau. This was the toughest game for me to pick this week. I'm probably going to uh, take an L on this one, but I'm going to pick Atlanta regardless out of spite for the Packers.
0: I think my my rationale here, and it it, it may just be more of a gut call than any particular evidence backing it up, but I, I just think Rodgers and the Packers want to stick it to Mike McCarthy, um, get a win with him gone. I don't know. That's my, that's my feel. You're,
1: you're probably right. I, I think – yeah, I think you're, I think I'm going to lose on this one. Oh, well Baltimore at Kansas city, the Ravens pulled off a nice road win as they were all over Matt Ryan. And if Lamar Jackson stays in, he has quarterback one upside yet again, definitely versus Kansas city 75 rushing yards, plus a touchdown rushing this week on top of 125 passing yards, given, uh, giving you just a very solid floor with even bigger upside. Um, he did leave the game with a concussion. So we'll just make sure that all goes well. Um, I don't know how it, that I'd like them that much with RG3 at the helm, that's for sure. Um, we know the story week-to-week week versus the Chiefs. Big offensive upside. Gus Edwards might be limited a tad here as the Ravens will need to score frequently and quickly and be throwing the ball more, and he still has yet to see one pass target unless I missed something. Uh, sneaky PPR flex value for Ty Montgomery here with Edwards a low-end running back too still. Unfortunately, despite the Kansas City matchup, um, if Jackson does not start again, you can't have much confidence in the wide receiver. At all, three catches, thirty-six yards was the best line for a wide receiver. Michael Crabtree this past week, and Jackson runs way, way more than he throws. Uh, Zero catches for John Brown, also who's the other guy you'd be looking to. Just, just not good there.
0: Well, the Chiefs' defense is struggling, but I have yet to see Lamar Jackson make a really nice pass that just gives me confidence in his throwing ability. Um, of course, fantasy-wise, you know the rushing upside really keeps him viable as a quarterback two, quarterback one. But un- until we see that passing uh, in in his game, uh, maybe maybe we see that this week. But I have Lamar Jackson as a high-end quarterback two. Um, but really, again, I think that Josh Allen and him are neck and neck here in my rankings this week. Uh, the the only other note about the running game with Gus Edwards too. Um, you know, it sounds like he re-injured that ankle. He, uh, he left that game against Atlanta. So Edwards is a guy to keep an eye on as the practice reports come out this week. Uh, even if Edwards plays, uh, you know, I expect Baltimore to trail on this one, as you said. So I, I like Ty Montgomery as well. I have him as a high-end RB3 or flex play in PPR, and Edwards as a lower-ranked flex. And then, of course, if Edwards is out, then, then Ty Montgomery jumps up, uh, probably gets bumped up to a low-end RB2 and uh, throw Kenneth Dixon in there as a low-end flex. I don't know what to do about the pass catchers either. (laughs) Um, As you said, uh, I just, I don't know. I I guess Crabtree I'd have the most confidence in. But uh, even so, just a boomer bust wide receiver four. really don't want to touch any of those Baltimore pass catchers.
1: As for the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs pulled out the win versus the Raiders. It was a bit closer than we'd figured, but... Whatever, a win is a win. Pat Mahomes is, of course, a quarterback one. He's played against better defenses than the Ravens, even though they are a good defense, and he's come out ahead by quite a bit. Uh, Hill and Kelsey are no-brainers. Hill, of course, disappointed this week with one catch, but Kelsey more than picked up the slack. 13 catches, and Hill has that weekly chance to be the overall wide receiver one. You're not sitting him. Uh, Monitor for the return of Sammy Watkins, who will be an upside wide receiver three if available. And of course, the, the big uh, white elephant in the room, the big question, This I think I just combined two things, but whatever, the big question yeah, this Disney week was going to be, uh, yeah, exactly, um, is what uh, what happens at running back here? Um, I don't feel like getting into the cream Hunt situation, much past the fantasy implications, so I will not. This week, we saw Spencer Ware lead the running backs with 14 carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown with one catch to Damian Williams, formerly of the Dolphins, getting five carries, 38 yards, with two short catches also. I expect a similar look this week with Ware dominating and maintaining a running back two status. Williams is worth a deep league stash, just in case something happens to Ware in your playoffs. As for Hunt, in Dynasty Leagues, if I'm an owner, I'm holding him firmly and sending out feelers to the cream Hunt owner if I'm not the owner once the offseason hits. It is likely that Hunt carried teams into the playoffs, only to be unavailable for the playoffs, and some semblance of bitterness might exist within his owners. I by no means am condoning what happened, nor am I commenting on it, but similar situations have happened with multiple players, and they have been picked up by new teams with continued success. That said, he will likely not be as successful as he was on that Kansas City offense, but he will be at least near running back one at worst value weekly on whichever team he lands.
0: Right. Um... I, I won't get into it too much either, and I'll save the Dynasty implications more for the end of the season uh, if we get to a show or two purely on Dynasty Keeper Leagues. Um, Fair enough. But for right now, all I, all I will say is that I would also be more in the camp of buying Hunt than selling. Um, but uh, for the rest of the season, these next three weeks here, the fantasy playoffs, really the weeks that matter the most right now. Um, I would say uh, I don't know if you saw this was recent, but they just signed Sharkhandrick West today as well. Um, yep. So back I, on the team. <laughs> yeah, I I think he's gonna be um, someone that a, a lot of a lot of people will want to add. Um, Baltimore here is a tough matchup, so you're not benching Mahomes, but I really don't like Spencer Ware here. Uh, I would expect Andy <laughs> Reid to keep passing more with the ground game struggling a little bit and Hunt gone, so. I've Ware as just a mid-range RB three or flex play, even though he'll probably get the bulk of the carries. Uh, but really, he averaged just 3.4 yards per carry against a Raiders team that is not great against defending the run. Uh, he bailed out fantasy owners with a touchdown, but I'd expect you know 50 or, or fewer rushing yards here for Ware, uh, and really just a 50-50 shot at a touchdown. Um, Damian Williams got some work in the passing game, but. I would maybe add Sharkhandrick West. Uh, the Chiefs just re-signed him, uh, but he knows the playbook pretty well from his time here. He spent a few years here in Kansas City. Um, I probably wouldn't start any Chiefs running back this week if I can help it. Uh, but you know, th- I think I just I see a lot of optimism on Twitter about Spencer Ware, and I think he's a pretty solid all-around player. I just don't think that this week is going to be his week. Um, you're starting Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, of course, and my, my last note here on the offense is if Sammy Watkins misses another week, then Chris Conley uh, remains that boomer bust flex play. I think this game could actually be close uh, if Kansas City's offense struggles a little bit. Uh, this Baltimore defense is a bit underrated right now, but I will still bet on the Chiefs at home.
1: Yeah, I think the Chiefs were just a bit shaken by all that news and shake of the team. Um, I I think spencer will be fine uh, and i think kansas city's gonna win by at least 10 points new york at miami nope new england at miami new england is coming into their late season form as they tend to do we all remember of course i think it was four or five years ago god that's a while ago where where everybody announced the end of tom brady's career and then uh from mid-season forward he was firing away the quarterback one uh Miami's going to be a light speed light speed bump for them to cruise through. Brady's a one, Edelman and Gordon are solid twos with Xavier Howard likely covering Gordon a fair amount so just keep that in mind if you're going to start him. Uh, with Burkehead back Sony Michel takes a step back to a running back two for me, but James White remains a strong PPR running back one. Michel saw 17 carries to Burke, had seven to seal the game, and New England may be able to seal this one much, much sooner this week. So just keep those feelers out on maybe not uh, looking elsewhere than Sonny Michel. James Devlin annoyingly swiped two goal-line touchdowns, so that's nice for him, I guess. Uh, awful for Michel owners, of course, as he was lined up behind fullback both times. Uh, as for Gronk, He's He hasn't been great, of course, but he's no worse than most of the other tight ends that you're starting out there right now. So if you've got him, I'm still starting him. I wish he could give us three touchdown weeks, but those just aren't happening right now. Maybe week two or three of the playoffs. Uh, the best news for Gronk owners is that New England is still in the running for, but needs wins in order to get a bye and home field advantage in the playoffs, which should keep their feet on th- uh, their foot on the throttle of the offense right now, still trying to put up um, good offensive wins. Great.
0: Right. Um, I, I think we're, we're, we have very different, uh, opinions on the running backs here this week. Um, hmm. I, I, well, I'll start it off with the quarterback position because Brady is a fantasy quarterback one, but a low end quarterback one here. Uh, he really hasn't had many good fantasy games this season and the Dolphins secondary is pretty decent. Um, my, my projection for this game is I see more Sony Michelle pounding the ball here. Uh, and Brady, not having to throw a ton. Um, Much like the Patriots game plan against the Jets two weeks ago. Similarly, I don't think James White is going to get as much usage in the passing game as he did against the tough Minnesota run defense. We've seen time and again that um, when a team does something really well, Belichick, you know, basically just says, all right, we're not going to fight you there. And that's why they really went to the short passing game instead of trying to running the ball. Um, That benefits White. But I think this week it's going to be a Sony Michelle week, uh, likely to get more of the carries, and then Rex Burkhead's been stealing, you know, 8, 10, 12 touches a game. So I think White's more of a boom or bust running back two here. Um, I prefer Sony Michelle as a high-end running back two in this one with lots of upside. Uh, I still like Edelman as a mid-range wide receiver two. And as you said, Xavier Howard has been excellent this year. Josh Gordon, just a mid-range wide receiver three for me. Um, and then to your point, Gronk hasn't been great this season, even when he has been healthy and active. But... Still, my fantasy tight end five this week behind Kelsey, Ertz, Ebron, and Kittle uh, has a decent matchup here. So, um, the upside is still there, even if we haven't seen a whole lot of it. And as you said, tight end is just such a mess that uh, you know who else are you really going to start in his place here?
1: Yeah, yeah, completely right. And I, you may be right, spot on with still, but if the Pats get up early, I. I, I just worry with Burkhead there. It's just so frustrating because I've been a Patriots running back owner for years and years and years and ugh, just always frustrating. Um, yeah I mean that's, go ahead, sorry.
0: no I mean that, that's what it is right and that's why we, we mentioned Burkhead on the waiver wire section because when there's three active running backs it deletes all their value but um, if any of them you know get hurt then instantly the other two become very fantasy productive.
1: Oh, immediately. As for Miami, the Finns beat the Bills. Good for you, Miami fans, wherever you are. Uh, There is always some upside versus New England, of course, but I would hate to pin my playoff dreams on the Dolphins. Kenyon Drake has a decent dynasty stash as well as Albert Wilson. If he was dropped, I'm not buying into Devontae Parker. I guess Stills is hooking back up with Tannehill now that he's back, but I'd want to see it twice before slotting him in anywhere in the playoffs. That's for sure.
0: Um, I don't mind Kenyon Drake here. I think he can be a fine flex play this week. Uh, the Patriots aren't particularly strong against the run, and Drake gets enough usage in the passing game to have a decent floor in PPR here. Uh, New England's defense has been pretty hit or miss this year. They're rounding into form now, but, you know, for some reason traveling to Miami has always seemed to be kind of a kryptonite game for them. Uh, wouldn't feel feel great starting any Miami wide receivers but if I had to choose, I'd go with Devontae Parker here as the best boomer bust wide receiver four option. Uh, I think Belichick would limit the downfield stuff to Kenny Stills, uh, freeing up Parker a little bit. I'll take the Patriots here, but, uh, you know, it's one of those crazy divisional games where I wouldn't bet money money on this just in case.
1: I will take the Patriots as well. New Orleans at Tampa Bay, talking about high scoring high flying divisional games. The Saints really struggled versus the Talons defense, but they will make it all work again versus Tampa Bay. Breeze is gonna be angry here. Breeze, Karen, Thomas are all ones. Mark Ingram is a running back two this week, as I think there will be plenty of points to go around. That said, of course, he you know, he's one of those he's one of those volatile guys that can give you, you know, zero, one, two, three, four points, but also has that real opportunity to give you 20. Um, if a rookie Traquan Smith is fully healthy this game, there is definite risk reward with him. Same idea as Mark Ingram, uh, upside in the matchup versus Tampa Bay and their secondary. But I, I just don't think his owners could stomach a, a third zero in a row if they're playing this week in the playoffs. I, I'd probably avoid him just because uh, you can't burn me that many times.
0: Um, if I can digress here for a second one of my pet peeves is when i'm watching games i just don't understand when teams are on like the one yard line uh, against their own end zone why the heck are you running it out of single back or i formation here i mean go on a shotgun run a screen run a quick slant do something to help pick up you know three four yards i don't know i just don't get it well
1: when mark sanchez is your quarterback you've got to you've got to change things up a little bit
0: i understand that but on the one yard line just makes no sense to me here um
1: Let's go for a safety.
0: Yeah, but, all right. Well, you know what? Let's get back to New Orleans here. Um, Dallas's pass rush really dominated the Saints. Uh, huge upset. Just, I don't I don't know that anyone expected it. Um, you know, Drew Brees, no time to look for Traquan Smith deep, but I actually think that against the Buccaneers' Swiss cheese secondary, I like Traquan Smith quite a bit as a boomer bust wide receiver three. Um, in fact, I have him as a high-end wide receiver three in my rankings. So I expect a bounce back game here with Sean Payton keeping his foot on the gas. Uh, In deeper leagues, I don't hate Dan Arnold at tight end either. He's been playing more and more over Ben Watson, and even though the entire New Orleans offense struggled in Dallas, uh, Arnold once again uh, has high upside here. I like him as a mid-range tight end too. I wouldn't mind starting him depending on what your options are here. Uh, And then finally, I'll just note that the Saints defense has been averaging over 13 fantasy points per game over the last three weeks. Uh, They're a great streaming option against Jameis, Pick 6, Winston.
1: <laughs> nice matchup for Jameis Winston again, though, because he'll throw those picks, but he's also going to throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he has quarterback one upside. if He can't avoid that massive to- turnovers, though. Uh, he has league-winning capability in the playoffs. With that, Evans has wide receiver one upside. Humphreys and Godwin are nice flex options versus a team that can put up 50 points, uh, especially if John Jackson's out. In games where Jackson's out, Godwin just goes absolutely nuts. So definitely monitor the reports this week. Uh, I would start Peyton Barber running back, too, with Lamar Miller type upside this week, if you'll understand uh, what I mean, and Cameron Bright saw six targets last week. He remains among the slew of low end tight end ones. You'd expect something better for him here, but we'll see what happens.
0: It's not often that uh, I recommend a streaming defense and the quarterback that they're playing against. <laughs> um, but you yeah. I mean, you kind of I mean, you t- kind of took the words out of my mouth here. Um, even if Jameis Winston throws like three picks and get sacked like four or five times, making it a good day for the Saints fantasy defense. The volume alone, he can still get like four hundred passing yards and two touchdowns to kind of offset that. So um I do like him as a low end quarterback one. And uh, you know, I, I think I'm not quite as high as you are on Peyton Barber. Uh just a flex play for me. I think there are better options out there at running back. Um but I'm with you on the rest of the pass catchers for the Buccaneers. Uh, the, the only added note is that I would downgrade Chris Godwin if Deshaun Jackson is active with that thumb injury this week. And yep. then uh, Fitzmagic and the Bucks stunned the world with their week one upset in New Orleans, but I don't see history repeating itself here. Give me New Orleans.
1: Yeah, give me, yeah, both teams on the road will get the win in that division, right? Give me New Orleans. Uh, The Giants at Washington Redskins. The Giants put some serious offense together versus the Bears, but I'd say the Bears' offense with Chase Daniel and and the turnovers led to the victory for for the Giants at home. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. and Barkley are clear ones, and Sterling Shepard continues to give low end flex or wide receiver four value. I don't see a ton of upside for anyone past that this game versus Washington. Uh, Red Ellison continues to produce a solid floor with Eng- Evan Ingram injured, but we'll need to see where that goes. He's he's just a solid floor. I don't see a ton of upside with him. He's not really catching touchdowns.
0: No, and Washington's pretty good against opposing tight ends here. So um, I added a note here that even if Evan Ingram were to be active this week, I would probably still avoid him as well. Yep. Um, so certainly avoiding Ellison here. Um, the only other thing is uh, if ingram is back as well that would possibly downgrade sterling shepard even more um, even so you know shepard has been great the last few weeks just a low end flex play here for me
1: tonight we're going to get to see what washington can do my guess is uh, an overall tough day for adrian peterson even though he has a touchdown already with a solid enough showing for uh, reed and one of the receivers not sure which Uh, You can't trust these guys in your playoffs, though, and I think it's pretty low probability that you're relying on Jordan Reed at this point. Uh, Colt McCoy's a tough guy to trust for the playoffs too, and if he doesn't come back, Mark Sanchez is even tougher.
0: Yeah, I I I really don't know here. I think Adrian Peterson's a flex play. Um, You know, he always has that chance to bust that ninety touch ninety yard touchdown run. Um, which is exactly
1: what happened <laughs> yeah
0: I, well that's why you can never you know really write him off but also you know he could easily have 13 15 carries for like 60 yards and no touchdowns so um boomer bust flex here uh, although i will note that the giants run defense isn't that great so certainly has upside in this matchup uh, who knows uh you know i had some notes here on the redskins but with colt colt mccoy out uh you know i What's Mark Sanchez going to do? I will say that I do like Chris Thompson regardless. Um, We saw that Tariq Cohen had a lot of success in the passing game against the Giants. And really, that's Thompson's role out of the backfield. I like him as a high-end running back three or flex play with upside and PPR here. Um, Assuming Jordan Reed plays over that back injury again, uh, I like Reed as a low-end tight end one. He's getting enough targets uh, to keep him as a decent uh, floor tight end one but again we'll see if that changes with Mark Sanchez under center um, or even if you know depending on who the quarterback will be so NFC East showdowns here always tough to call Uh, but you know what I'm three games back here in our pick'em so I'll, I'll take Washington I'll take a chance on them
1: I'm going to take the Giants. Um, Hopefully I can make it four games ahead of them. Uh, Indianapolis at Houston. Luck was stifled for the first time in a while by Jacksonville, but I expect him to return to quarterback one form versus Houston, Uh, depending on the health of T.Y. Hilton, of course. The whole offense suffered, and maybe this had at least some part to do with the loss of Jack Doyle, a superior blocking tight end. Eric Ebron's a solid receiving tight end one. Hilton's a wide receiver one or high end wide receiver two if he's healthy. Mac is a low-end running back, too. Hines actually went nine catches for 50 yards for a nice flex PPR day, but I'm not planning my flag on him versus Houston. Uh, you need better than that in the playoffs. And If Hilton isn't healthy, though, the, the ball has to be thrown somewhere. So if Hilton doesn't play, maybe maybe uh, pivot to Hines.
0: Mm, I'm not particularly high on Hines either. Um, you know, it's really a desperation play. Hopefully you have better options if you've made it thus far. Yeah, um, and and we'll also talk about some waiver wire running backs that I would probably prefer over Hines as well. But, yeah, uh, great point. You know, something to note here: T.Y. Hilton uh, missed. You know, he did have those health issues with, I think it was a shoulder injury, but he really only missed the one play. So unless we hear that Hilton isn't practicing this week, uh, hopefully, uh, I'm optimistic that he'll be able to go. But um, Dontrell Inman seems to be the number two guy. So in an emergency scenario, Inman would probably be my pick of the Colts wide receivers but uh, you're not starting them in in most leagues in the fantasy playoffs and then even though Luck had a you know rough day against the Jaguars still a QB1 Ebron you're starting as a top four tight end every week As
1: for Houston, they had their way with Cleveland and didn't have to press too much offensively. Lamar Miller rushed for 100 yards and should remain a solid enough running back two play with limited upside. Alfred Blue did still carry the ball 13 times, annoying everyone yet again. Deshaun Watson has weekly quarterback one upside with top five potential, in my opinion, versus Indianapolis. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a one, and I think this is a good week to look at Demarius Thomas with solid flex upside. Don't get me wrong, I'd like to see more than five targets, but I think... They come here. uh, They they come here in this game if Cutie stays out. If not, if he doesn't stay out, then look elsewhere. There's plenty of other guys this week. Uh, Indianapolis is a nice matchup, though, for the playoffs.
0: I've kind of come around a little bit on Alfred Blue. Um, Not him as a player per se, but his role in that offense. Uh, As a Lamar Miller owner in many leagues, it does frustrate me that sometimes he'll vulture touchdowns, but more often than not it seems like he gets those meaningless carries in the middle of the field and i I think lamar miller is that running back that needs some time off i don't think he can be that workhorse so maybe blue you know coming in on series is actually keeping miller fresh and better in fantasy um may i i think that's my take on it for now um Demaryius Thomas here, though, uh, I think that's really going to depend on Kiki QT's health. If QT's out, then I like him as a mid-range wide receiver three. Uh, but if Kiki QT plays, then Thomas would probably be, you know, just that boomer bust wide receiver four, probably avoid him. Um, but regardless, I wouldn't trust Kiki QT himself in the fantasy playoffs. Remember that he re-injured uh, that hamstring that he had trouble with uh, earlier this season. So I doubt that he would be 100% returning so soon. And then there's also that risk that he would re injure it yet again uh, if they try to rush him back. So I probably would not trust him uh, in the starting lineup here in most leagues. And then, really, given their win streak, you know, the Texans should rescue T for a potential playoff run here. My guess is that he will be inactive. So I do like Demarius this week. And then, if you're desperate, Jordan Thomas has been getting some red zone work, but. It's been pretty inconsistent. So Thomas is a boomer bust tight end too, but certainly has high upside. We saw with that multi-touchdown game a few weeks back. This comes down uh, to whether J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney can get to Andrew Luck here. And it's a close call, but I think that the Colts can do enough to slow down the Texans' pass rush, put up some points here. Um, I think this will be a bounce-back game for them. So give me Colts here. Uh, Give me the Colts to stop Houston's win streak.
1: All right, now we'll take Houston, the home team. Their Sunday mid afternoon game, Cincinnati at the LA Chargers. The Bengals continue to be in trouble as Marvin Lewis clings to his coaching job. Tough matchup here versus Joey Bosa and company. Uh, AJ Green was pulled from the game and is done for the season. Joe Mixon remains an upper-end running back too with good receive, uh, good receiving upside. Tyler Boyd was fine with uh, with Driscoll at quarterback, six of eight for 97 yards, still a low-end wide receiver for two versus LA. CJ Uzamo is a player, uh, playable tight end, uninspiring but available. And I think it's definitely time this season to make sure you own Giovanni Bernard if you are the Joe Mixon owner. You aren't looking for upside or mid-level talent in the playoffs. You are looking for guys that will, to avert disaster, handcuffs to avert disaster in case anything happens to Mixon, as something happened to Hunt, as something might have happened to James Conner. You don't want that creeping up on you right now.
0: Yeah, um, I agree that Bernard should probably be owned if you have Mixon, but... Nope, nope, nope. Disagree on Tyler Boyd and disagree on CJ Uzoma. Uh, I don't like Boyd as more than just a low-end flex play here, Um, and I don't have Uzoma as more than just a low-end tight end too that I would avoid this week. Uh, The Chargers defense is a very tough matchup here. I don't expect Boyd to beat Desmond King or Casey Hayward when Juju Smith-Schuster couldn't. Uh, The Chargers are also a tough matchup for tight ends as well. Um, I, I don't love Uzoma. I know that Jeff Driscoll has been targeting him uh, more than Dalton did, but really the only Bengals player here I'd feel comfortable starting at all is going to be Mixon as a low-end running back too.
1: Fair enough. As for the Chargers, Rivers has been on fire lately, no matter who is surrounding him. And versus Cincinnati, he's a solid quarterback one play. Keenan Allen went 14 of 19, 148 yards in that ridiculous touchdown. Uh, but hey, he gets results. He's a wide receiver one. The early word is is Melvin Gordon will be back for this game. So if he's healthy, start him with confidence. Austin Eckler got exposed a little bit in his extended time versus Pittsburgh, and he wasn't drafted to be a starting running back for a reason. Justin Jackson did look pretty good in limited work, and I think both are solid flex plays if Gordon doesn't get ready for game time.
0: Um, yeah, I heard that Gordon is returning quote unquote soon, so I don't know if that necessarily means this week, but certainly we'll cover both scenarios here. Um, if Gordon plays, you're starting him, no questions asked here. Uh, even if he's not 100%, uh, I doubt you have better options than him. Uh, if he's out, Austin Eckler, I would have as a mid range RB2. He should find more success against the Bengals than he did against Pittsburgh, and then Justin Jackson would be a high on RB3 or flex play as well. Um, Keenan Allen you're starting and then Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams both high upside wide receiver fours in deeper leagues uh, if you're really desperate here just given how poorly the Bengals defense is playing uh, again uh, you know sometimes you want those high upside guys if you snuck into the playoffs and you you need a big win so even though uh, you know all that said I will take the charges by double digits here.
1: I will do the same. Denver at San Francisco. Denver pulled off the nice win versus Cincinnati. Philip Lindsay was great. 19 carries, 157 yards and two touchdowns including a big 65-yard left toss sweep. Just nice. He will be a good high-end running back two, if not running back one again this week. Royce Freeman had a chance but literally fumbled away his opportunity and the football versus Cincinnati, and Denver didn't look back. Uh, Cortland Sutton is coming alive and, in my opinion, remains very matchup dependent, but I think both he and Sanders are wide receiver twos this week. Denver actually has a great playoff matchup run coming, so I think Sutton is a must-own right now with bigger upside than a lot of the flyer wide receivers out there. And um uh Royce Freeman is a must own for the Lindsay owner in the case that uh, he was dropped. If Lindsay were to get injured, Freeman will be a high end running back two weekly versus this is the this is the lineup. San Francisco, Cleveland, Oakland. Give me all of the players that I can versus those games, that's for sure. Um just one target for Matt Lacrosse. I don't think there's much for him. Maybe don't include him in my enthusiasm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you're a little higher on sudden than I am, but certainly has that upside this week in this matchup. Um, a little bit too boomer bust for me to have him as a wide receiver two, but I do like him as a risk reward wide receiver three or flex. Um, and then I talked about Lacoste a little bit on the podcast last week. Uh, I really expected more from him in a great matchup against the Bengals, but uh, you're probably not starting him after that disappointing performance. Just too much risk there.
1: As for the uh, Niners, San Francisco got stomped by the Seahawks and may not fare much better versus Denver. Matt Breida limped out, leaving 15 carries for Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah, we're digging deep in San Francisco. Denver's rush defense is stout, so I don't love Wilson's rushing upside, even though Breida is out. That said, Jeff Wilson did convert an additional eight catches for 73 yards. So. What do I know? He's probably going to finish as a run back one, despite uh, the Denver rush defense. Kittle's a tight end one, and Dante Pettis looked good this week, but but I'm not relying on it for this this season's playoffs.
0: You know, I, I picked up Jeff Wilson in a couple deep dynasty leagues last week. Uh, of course, I did not play him. Uh, no, pretty much, no one knew that Brita retweaked that ankle uh, pregame. So, um, it, it is important ridiculous, to, right? Uh, it is important to note that. Jeff Oh my gosh. Oh, I thought that was going to be a catch where Did you see that play with uh who's it? Michael Floyd who almost went up and got it. Um,
1: no, all I see is that uh, my my hopes and dreams are dashed and diminished. That's all I see.
0: Well, they, they had the sack earlier, right?
1: Yeah, they've got, like, two points, I think.
0: Well, that was almost a touchdown, or uh, an interception, I mean. So, anyway, uh, plenty of game left. um, But I I was going to say it is important to note that Jeff Wilson left the game against the Seahawks late with a foot injury, so something to monitor. It doesn't sound serious, but he is questionable this week. Uh, Assuming Wilson plays when Breed is out, uh, I have Wilson as a low-end running back, too, with upside. Um, I think he's involved enough in that passing game that – You know, in PPR, uh, I think he's got a lot of potential here. Um, We'll talk about Wilson more on that waiver wire section at the end, but he's my number one waiver wire ad at running back this week. Um, Kittle, of course, a top five tight end. You're not benching him. And Dante Pettis, uh, you know, he is boomer busts, but I think he's worth a look as a wide receiver for here. Um, I don't love him, though, against the Broncos secondary. Hopefully you have better options there. I would probably rather take a chance on, like, Tyrell Williams than him if you're desperate. I'll take the Denver team here. Uh, They've been playing very well right now. And the AFC West may just be the best division in football right now.
1: Yeah, go Raiders. Uh, I will take the uh, (laughs) the Broncos as well. (laughs) Philadelphia at Dallas. uh, The Eagles walk into Dallas for a big rivalry matchup. Tonight we'll see what they do versus the Redskins. uh, Barring injury or massive game plan change, I think Adams will be a solid running back two versus Dallas. With when's the low end quarterback one, of course, I did say that before seeing the uh, nice Darren Sproles coming in and that doing what he does best, uh, stealing value from every other running back known to man. So maybe not. Uh, Elshon Jeffrey should be a low end wide receiver too. And of course, Zach Ertz is a top tight end.
0: Well, really, I didn't have Josh Adams as a running back, too, this week, even before I saw that Darren Sproles was active. Um, This is a Cowboys defense that just shut down Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara. So I don't love Adams regardless of Sproles' status here. I have just a flex play in a tough matchup. Um, Wentz, just a high-end quarterback, too, for me. I think this is going to be a game where the Eagles struggle. Uh, I like Golden Tate as a mid-range wide receiver three. I'm going to assume that he gets a lot of short throws here as that outlet receiver. Uh, And then I just have Alshon Jeffries, a low end flex play, if you're desperate. Um, I really don't expect much from him outside against Byron Jones. Uh, You're starting Ertz, of course, as an every week top two tight end, but I really don't like the Eagles this week.
1: As for Dallas, they've got that nice matchup at home versus uh, a beaten up Philly secondary. Dak is an upside quarterback, too. Amari Cooper should, on paper, be a locked in wide receiver, too, but he is that type of player that. Doesn't show up when he should sometimes and really shows up when you don't expect him to. So, you know, always that conundrum. Uh, He had another week leading wide receivers on the team. Eight catches, eight targets, 75 yards. Zeke's a running back one, and that's it for Dallas.
0: Well, I I wasn't super high on Amari Cooper last week, but I like him more than I did this week um, against that, you know, basically non-existent Eagles secondary here. I've got Cooper as a mid-range wide receiver too, so I do like him uh, as you do this week. Um, and I'm probably higher on Dak Prescott too, uh, than you are. I have him as a low end quarterback one this week. I'd probably play him over guys oh. like Cam Newton and Tom Brady, given this matchup here. Oh. Uh. Um, yeah, I, I like Michael Gallup, uh, as a result as well as a boomer bust flex play here. Um, and as you said, you're starting Zeke of course, and the Cowboys defense worth a look as well. They haven't been, you know, they haven't been great in fantasy wise, but they're playing very well right now. And I think maybe this is the game where uh, they get a defensive touchdown or something like that so give me dallas at home
1: i too will take dallas at home pittsburgh at oakland the steelers get the nice oakland matchup and you obviously aren't too scared of the appearance of roadbed versus the raiders fire them up in antonio and juju the questions come here at running back and Mike Tomlin says that James Conner's injury is not serious. I'm calling BS on that for now, and I think Jalen Samuels is a priority pickup for the Conner owners at this point. Conner may get some rest this week in practice as well as this game, as the Steelers could probably beat Oakland with Mung filling in at running back if Conner's out. Samuels immediately becomes a high-end running back, too. And in Yahoo, as odd as this may seem, a top-three tight end immediately. This is one of those game-breaking players where he has tight end eligibility for absolutely no reason. Hopefully, yeah, well, there is a reason, but it's stupid. Hopefully, Yahoo gets this right and removes that tight end eligibility because this— Putting a starting running back in your tight end slot where maybe four tight ends put up reasonably acceptable numbers from week to week will near automatically hand the Samuel owners a win. And to me, that just doesn't feel right. I don't know. What do you think?
0: I think that they probably should take it away, but if they don't, I'm sure going to use it if I own Samuels.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, you know, as uh, as Bill Belichick, uh, play within that gray area. So as long as it's uh, legal per the league rules, then, uh, you know, do what you got to. Yep. Um, Oakland played well here against Kansas City and really limited Tyree Kill, but you're not scared if you own Antonio Brown or Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, Juju had a Kind of a down game, but really uh, they blanketed him in the slot. Uh, That's a tough matchup for him uh, for the Chargers secondary there. uh, Certainly much better than the Oakland secondary. So Brown's still still a top 10 wide receiver here. Um, Road Ben's always a little scary to start him, but still have him in that mid to low end quarterback one range here this week. And then uh, I like Vance McDonald as a low end tight end one uh travis kelsey dominated this raider secondary i don't know that mcdonald's gonna do quite that much i think part of that was as a result that they were really focusing on taking away hill uh but uh i, I think he do he does have upside here we'll see about james Conner. um again as you said the earlier reports are that uh, the lower leg condition is not serious um Assuming he's active, though, uh, if if we're gonna take Mike Tomlin at his word here, some certainly sometimes injuries look worse than they actually are. Uh, if if Connor is active, you know you're playing him as a low end RB one. Uh, if he's not active, then I agree that Samuels gets upgraded to a high end running back two, or a must start tight end, depending on uh, you know whether you play in Yahoo, ESPN, whatever league format you're in. Um, certainly Samuels is definitely going to be a waiver wire ad no matter what. Um, Even if Connor is active, he could still be a flex play and potentially a tight end play.
1: As for the Raiders, they actually kept it close versus Kansas City. That said, nothing really changes. I'm not relying on any of these guys in the playoffs. You get one chance to win and don't throw it on Gruden and the Raiders, except for Jared Cook, who is a fine tight end. One play this week, seven catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown versus Kansas City. Uh, Jordy Nelson saw eleven targets, but that hasn't happened before this uh, before this season. So I'm certainly not chasing it. Uh, I don't even think Richard is reliable here as Gruden continues the grind to the first overall pick.
0: Um, question for you, uh, yes, unre- unrelated. On a scale of one to ten, how excited are you for Captain Marvel?
1: I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, I, I I know a lot of people have some questions out there, but I'm I'm pretty well pumped.
0: Okay, um, I think I'm just at like a seven. Like I'll see it, but I, I think know. this
1: is gonna blow Wonder Woman out of the out out of out of the dirt, or whatever the whatever the saying is.
0: Well, I'm 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 not saying I'm not gonna like it. I just I'm just saying as of right now, I'm not I'm not too hyped for it.
1: I'm not too good at saying, am I?
0: <laughs> anyway, um, on the Oakland side, Jared Cook, decent <laughs> low end tight end, one here certainly Boomer Bust, but what tight end hasn't been this year? Uh, I like Jalen Rashard as that mid-range flex play in PPR. I expect both of these guys to get plenty of targets in a game where the Raiders are likely going to trail. Jordy Nelson might get a lot of target volume again, but the Pittsburgh secondary is healthier and better than Kansas City's is right now. So Nelson, just a boomer bust wide receiver 5. I would not touch him. Um, In fact, if I had to pick a boomer bust wide receiver 5, On that team, it would be Marcel Aitman. Uh, I would rather wager on him breaking a long touchdown of some sort. Uh, Play him over Nelson if I had to pick one, but probably neither here. Uh, Similarly, I would avoid Doug Martin. Uh, The Steelers' defensive line is playing very well. They bottled up Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson for the most part until late into the game, and I would not expect another rushing touchdown from Martin this week. Uh, I will take Pittsburgh. I agree. Pittsburgh.
1: Pittsburgh. Detroit at Arizona. Detroit gets the nice defensive running back matchup here. Um, if Carrion's healthy, he gets a clear running back start this week. But since that may not be the case, Blunt and Riddick are low end flex plays. I think uh, Stafford has been uninspiring all season, and I don't love him versus the Arizona secondary. Uh, Galladay and Ellington are both low end wide receiver two plays for this uh, for me this week. Um, actually. I don't know the status on Jones offhand now that I'm thinking about it. That might change depending on uh, if you know anything else about Jones. I just don't see a ton of scoring coming this game regardless.
0: Well, well, okay. Well, I'll split this up into two segments. One, I haven't heard anything on Jones either other than it doesn't look great for him. So unless we see Cap. him practice this week, I would assume that he's probably going to be out yet or again. But it's yeah. uh, probably questionable. And two, so you just said you expect a low-scoring game here, right? I do. Why why do you have LeGarrette Blunt as a flex play and Ellington as a wide receiver too then? Just
1: based on just based on PP. Well, okay. Blunt is the first question? Yes. Because it because if um Wow, you really caught me off guard here, because it's clearly so clear as day. <laughs> because If on <laughs> Johnson doesn't play, um, I think Blood has that opportunity to fall into the end zone, get a goal line carry, get a majority of the carries. And Arizona's defense, despite what we just saw Green Bay do, Arizona's defense is still not good. Um, and Ellington, just based on the PPR work.
0: Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, gotta say I'm, I'm pretty down on Blunt this week. Uh, I probably would avoid him, but, um, I, I guess if you believe that Matt Patricia is to going to want to pound the ball instead of having Stafford throw it against a, you know, a tough secondary, maybe that makes sense. Um, I, again, I'm avoiding Blunt here. I don't love him. Riddick, uh, I'm fine with starting Riddick. He should be a consistent, uh, high, high floor, low ceiling PPR play regardless. Um, again uh going to bruce ellington i think you're much higher on him than i am i have him as just a ppr wide receiver four, maybe a low-end flex play uh, again he has that decent floor but just not a ton of upside with those short targets um and again I, I wouldn't expect a ton of scoring in this game either so i don't know that he gets a touchdown here uh likewise kenny galladay i i really have him downgraded this week just a boomer bust flex play um you know, depending on whether or not he gets away from Patrick Peterson for a few snaps here and there, uh, and of course, you're not playing Stafford, right? Here, unless you're absolutely desperate or in a two quarterback league.
1: No, I may have dropped the ball on my on my numbers on this one. You you, you might be a little closer. I, I think two is might wide receiver two might be a little uh, might be a little um, uh, optimistic. Generous. Generous. That's the word.
0: I got you. I got your back here
1: thank you thank you gosh you're 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 really keeping me together today (laughs) i try it's not easy to get kicked out of the playoffs by the eagles defense okay it's not easy
0: hey it's it's not over yet it's over well they got a whole half maybe they'll get a defensive touchdown you never know
1: do you know how many points they have right now
0: I, i do not i'm not monitoring as closely as you are i believe
1: not enough, that's how many.
0: <laughs> All right, fair enough there.
1: Can I talk about Arizona now?
0: Sure, but I'd much rather talk about how you might miss the playoffs.
1: Arizona picked up the always welcomed win versus Green Bay. Yes, Chase Edmonds scored two rushing touchdowns. No, I I don't care. Uh David Johnson is a high-end running back too. Christian Kirk is done for the season with a broken foot but I wouldn't trust any other Arizona wide receivers. even in a decent mashup versus Detroit. Larry Fitzgerald has flex value here, but if able, I would look for a player with more scoring opportunity in a higher scoring game this week. That said, he'll probably have an eight or nine point floor, I guess. That's, that seems like a Larry Johnson type of number, right?
0: Larry Fitzgerald?
1: Yeah, that's him. Gosh.
0: <laughs> um, man, I'm, I'm really not as optimistic as you are on David Johnson either. Um, really? You know, uh, while it's true that he could have had two touchdowns against Green Bay, the fact of the matter is that he didn't. Uh, you know, they're <laughs> they're they're putting in Chase Edmonds around the goal line, um, and they're using Edmonds more in the passing game. So despite Todd Gurley's 100 plus yards and you know multiple touchdowns against the Lions I don't like David Johnson uh, Detroit for the season has generally had a pretty stout run defense um, and this Arizona offensive line is nowhere near as good as the Rams so I would expect fewer than 100 yards for Johnson and he really hasn't been very involved in the passing game he's just a you know low on RB2 for me this week I really don't love him um On the other hand, I I do like Larry Fitzgerald probably more than you. Uh, In my mind, I see this game going differently. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball with that much success, and I think with Christian Kirk out for the season, uh, Fitzgerald's going to get even more targets. He should be a low-end wide receiver too for me this week uh, with a good floor and a good ceiling. Darius Slay rarely follows into the slot, so I don't think that's going to be an issue here. And then in deeper in deeper leagues in dynasty, I, I think Chad Williams is a name to monitor. He's been out with an ankle injury, but probably the most you know, high upside wide receiver behind Fitzgerald at this point. But probably wouldn't start any of the Arizona pass catchers beyond Fitzgerald. Maybe Ricky Seals Jones worth a flyer at tight end, but really avoiding all Arizona players outside of Johnson and Fitzgerald this week. I actually think that the Cardinals can win in a low-scoring game at home, and you know, beat a uh, second NFC North team in a row.
1: That'd be that'd be cool. Uh, give the Bears a bigger uh, space towards the towards the championship, but uh, I think Josh Rosen hands this game over to Detroit with his own uh, by his own doing. Nah, Sunday night. Nah,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sunday night football. LA Rams at your Chicago Bears. My Chicago Bears. I don't know why took away ownership on that one tough defensive matchup for the Rams here, but they have just so many great offensive weapons that I worry the bears won't be able to keep up. Um, Gurley is still a running back one while Goff drops to a lower end of quarterback one. In my opinion, I wouldn't go benching woods or cooks this week, but don't be surprised if Josh Reynolds is the top scoring wide receiver this game. Uh, and I'm still not looking this way for any tight ends.
0: You know, I'm going to, um, take a risk here, go on, on a limb on, uh, on air, I'm going to. Oh, I'm going to say that I enjoy your company, and will you watch this game with me on Sunday?
1: Oh well, that's that's a really nice gesture. Um, I will. Uh, I will definitely consider that.
0: Oh, ouch! That's uh, <laughs> that's a rough answer. Ooh, all right, uh, all right. I'm gonna go go uh, lock myself in my room and listen to some Nine Inch Nails or something. <laughs> Um,
1: if if we do maybe we ought to record some 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 uh, live reactional stuff oh i
0: don't i don't know (laughs) if we'll be able to air that but uh
1: oh yeah that that may get that may get touchy
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right well we'll we'll talk more off the air about that but um i agree you're still playing jared goff and todd Gurley here uh but here's how i would rank the wide receivers i have brandon cook slightly over robert woods but both as mid-range wide receiver twos I think that Cooks is going to be more of that high variance um, wide receiver with more deep routes that he runs. Uh, those may or may not have a chance to develop depending on Khalil Mack and the Bears pass rush. I do think that Woods, um, or excuse me, Cooks has a higher ceiling but a lower floor, and then Robert Woods is the higher floor, lower ceiling wide receiver to play. Does that make sense to you?
1: Absolutely agree.
0: Okay. Um, and then Josh Reynolds I like as a mid-range flex play. Uh, he and Chris Conley I view as similar fantasy players in that they have similar roles filling in as their team's respective wide receiver threes, so a little bit boom or bust. But again, depending on how well the Bears secondary takes away the primary two options, Reynolds could have a nice night.
1: Yep, that that was my thoughts exactly. Yep. Uh, the Bears lost an overtime heartbreaker in New York Let's just say there's a reason Chase Daniels is not a starting quarterback. If he's still playing, the offense will continue to be limited, and Howard will have trouble with this defense. He is a mere flex play with uh, limited upside. Cohen should still be a solid running back, too. He had a big near 200-yard day versus the Giants. I don't know that that'll repeat necessarily, but I think uh, the catches maintain his value pretty well. I had really tried to look elsewhere this week and give the Bears a mulligan as they look to get healthy before a big divisional showdown. Oh, uh, Trey Burton was held without a catch also.
0: Yeah, um... I am, and I don't have any insider information or anything, but to me, reading between the lines, it sounds like Mitch Trubisky was being held out uh, against these easier matchups that the Bears could potentially win without him uh, in order to have him at 100% for the Rams and the Packers the next couple of weeks. In my mind, it, it, it sounds like he's going to be good to good to go this week um, it sounds like he was close to playing last week against the Giants so he was warming up pre-game that said uh, you know check the mo- check the practice reports monitor his participation this week but my projection is that Trubisky will play this week with that said um, I still think Tariq Cohen's viable uh, I like him as an RB2 with upside and PPR um howard i don't love against the rams stout run defense but he's a mid-range flex play if he punches in a short goal line touchdown and as for the wide receivers i like anthony miller the most as a high-end wide receiver three um, for me alan robinson's going to be a bit boomer bust as a flex play assuming that a keep to is no longer on a snap count this week and then taylor gabriel i, I have as a boomer bust wide receiver four um, he's going to be the most high variance play here uh, you know, Marcus Peters, sometimes he gets the interception. Sometimes he gives up a long touchdown. So which one's it, which one is it going to be here? Uh, Trey Burton, uh, I don't love. Just a mid to high end tight end two here, especially with Adam Shaheen back. We saw that he's getting some usage around the goal line. He is the bigger of the two tight ends. And I think that Trubisky back will be an upgrade for both Burton and Shaheen. So certainly uh, the Rams have allowed some big games to opposing tight ends. Uh, you might have worse options out there. And this might sound crazy. Um, The Rams are without question the better overall team. But I think maybe the Bears can pull one out at home, assuming Trubisky is back. Um, That was a really disappointing but hard-fought overtime loss to the Giants. I think that's going to galvanize this team a little bit. Um, And the home crowd as well, uh, making some noise for Trubisky's first game back from that shoulder injury. Maybe this is just the Homer and me talking, but... I think the Rams, even though they've had a lot of wins, a lot of those wins were close, close calls. So in a, in a Sunday night primetime game at home, I'm going to take the Bears here. Bear down.
1: All right, go Bears. Uh, I love, love your optimism, but unfortunately, uh, sometimes you got to lead with the head instead of the heart. And I don't think there's any way Todd Gurley lets this team take a loss here as they continue their quest for the, uh, the number one seed in the bye weeks.
0: All right, we'll see. I think maybe the Bears can uh, catch up a game here.
1: All right, Monday night football. Minnesota at Seattle. The Vikings put up a stinker in Boston. Two interceptions for Cousins, and Seattle has been playing well as of late as well. Uh, Cousins is a low-end quarterback, one at best this week. Uh, Dalvin Cook looks fully healthy and is a Mixon-esque high-end running back, too. (laughs) With an offense that unfortunately limits his touchdowns a bit, but keeps throwing him the ball plenty. Eight receptions this game alone. And so he's good when he's healthy. And no matter what you call them, Diggs and Thielen are, are not finding a way to your bench if they're healthy. So fire them up. Uh, Rudolph had a few opportunities versus New England, but had a very low end day. He's very touchdown dependent and has been a, t- a tight end to at best all year.
0: Yeah, I don't love Cousins here. Uh, I have him in that low-end quarterback one, high-end quarterback two range. Uh, I think there are some streaming options like Josh Allen and uh, Dak Prescott that I would consider over him, but uh, not a must bench either. Um, And really, uh, you know, bad call by me on Kyle Rudolph last week. I I thought he was going to have a bigger day against New England, given that they would try to take away uh, Diggs and Thielen, even if they needed to double up on them. But it turns out that they didn't have to do that. Uh, they they bottled up Thielen and Diggs pretty well without having to really give too much coverage over the top, and you know, and that resulted in uh, not giving up any underneath stuff to Rudolph either. So I would definitely avoid him this week against Seattle. Uh, the Patriots on paper were a much better matchup, and he really didn't do anything. Uh, as you said, uh, you know, you're not benching, you're not benching Cook or Cook or uh, Diggs or Thielen here.
1: For Seattle, they trounced their division mates, the Niners. Russell Wilson threw four touchdowns on only 185 yards. I think it was 11 completions. Just nuts. <laughs> uh, two touchdowns to Jaron Brown, a deep touchdown to Ty- Tyler Lockett, one catch 52 yards, and two catches and a touchdown to Baldwin. Chris Carson is looking like the lead back with about 30% going to Rashad Penny who broke a 29 yard gain for a touchdown. And Davis is still seeing limited work. Uh, Carson did leave the, uh, leave the finger, did leave the game with a uh, dislocated finger, but he seems like he's going to be just fine. Uh, Carson's a low end running back two versus Minnesota. Penny is a deep flex play Lockett and Baldwin remain flexes as well. Um, If Wilson was throwing the ball more, I'd like Baldwin more as the flex with the, uh, with the, um, with the higher, higher amount of targets, but nobody's getting a higher amount of targets right now. So, I you know, you you, you got to trust that, that deep ball to connect, I think, right now with, like, David Moore and Tyler Lockett over Baldwin right now.
0: Yeah, it, it was a very strange game in terms of that passing volume, but just the pure efficiency here. Um, it's a tough Vikings defense, but I still have Wilson as a low-end quarterback one. I don't think you're benching him. Uh, he's quietly been playing great this year, especially since the Seahawks buy. I, I've heard, you know, various comments online about how much Wilson has been bad this year in fantasy, and that's simply not true. Um, he had a slow start as always, but, you know, as we mentioned, uh, he always heats up midway through the season. So I, I would not yep. bench Wilson here. Um I don't expect a whole lot for Chris Carson on the ground but he is still going to be the lead back here uh, likely to have an opportunity to punch in a short touchdown maybe uh, get a few receptions as well so I would keep him in that low and RB2 high in RB3 range in PPR and you know as you said uh, even though he had that dislocated finger uh, it sounds sounds pretty bad to us normal people but uh, in terms of N- NFL people uh, you know it's it's really not uh, that bad of an injury yeah, I uh, think I'm going to take Seattle at home here. I, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty close back and forth game. So I'm going to take the team with a better offensive line here, which is Seattle. But I will sure. note that, I mean, how fun would it be? And, and I'm sure Vikings fans will agree with me on this one if this was a tie game and then Dan Bailey kicks a game-winning field goal to to take this one.
1: Oh, that would be that would be soul-crushing.
0: <laughs> and that would be, you know, just so poetic justice.
1: Yep, exactly. Or or if they, you know what, I could root for another tie just to keep, uh, just to lock the Bears in with that, uh, with that divisional lead. That'd be fine for me. There are no teams on the bye this week, if you want to talk about them, and that'll lead us uh, right into our injuries. um, At quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, shoulder sprain. Trubisky was held out versus the Lions and Giants, but the Bears were likely trying to get him to 100% before some big-time matchups versus the Rams and the Packers coming up. He's questionable, but likely to return this week. Of course, keep an eye on his practice participation just in case. Sam Darnold, foot sprain, questionable, but he sounds likely to return this week. Um, Hope you're not starting him in your playoffs regardless. And Joe Flacco with a hip injury, questionable, but regardless, it sounds like Lamar Jackson will start at quarterback. Uh Flacco's droppable in all one quarterback redraft formats.
0: Yeah, and running back, uh, we talked about James Connor a little bit with that lower leg contusion. Again, there were conflicting reports that it was a high ankle sprain, but they said that is not the case. So um certainly, uh, if you're a Connor owner like me, you gasp in horror as he went down late in that game last night. But the news today was pretty good, all things considered. Um, he's questionable, but it sounds like they're optimistic that he's gonna be able to play this week. But of course, Keep an eye on those practice reports and add Jalen Samuels just in case. Matt Breda with that ankle sprain is out. Uh, he aggravated that injury, uh, or it sounds like it was a new a- uh, ankle injury to the same ankle, but uh, a different area or something like that. But regardless, he's going to be out this week. So um, Jeff Wilson Jr. will talk about very shortly on the waiver wire section. Speaking of Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, he has a foot injury. He was playing well with Breda out for most of the game, but... He then left the game against Seattle with that foot injury, uh, went to the locker room almost immediately, so we're awaiting more information here, but uh, monitor those practice reports. If Wilson plays and Breed is out, then Wilson is a low-end RB2 with upside, given his pass catching role. Chris Carson, we just mentioned with the finger dislocation, sounds painful, but fairly minor, so it sounds like he will be able to play, but just keep an eye on his practice status. Gus Edwards with an ankle sprain. Uh, He hurt that ankle two weeks ago and re-aggravated that injury against Atlanta late in the game, so monitor Edwards' practice reports this week. If he cannot go, then Buck Allen, Ty Montgomery, and Kenneth Dixon would likely split time, but Montgomery would probably be the best play out of those three. Melvin Gordon with that grade 2 MCL sprain. It sounds like he's questionable this week. Uh, Keep monitoring those practice reports. Hopefully, uh, in case he's still not able to go, you were able to snag Austin Eckler and or Justin Jackson off waivers last week. And then carry on Johnson with that knee sprain. Still questionable, but it's just not sounding great for him. As always, it's possible, though, so monitor those practice reports. And then in case you missed it, Alex Collins uh, with that knee injury was placed on injury reserve. So droppable in all redraft formats here
1: as for your wide receivers aj green with that foot injury as we said weeks ago this foot injury was likely to affect him rest of season even if he returned green is now out for the season and can be dropped in all redraft leagues kiki cutie with his hamstring still bugging him cutie has been dealing with this all year he's questionable to play this week but even if active he's a risky play and he's if he's not 100 and risks re-injuring it yet, yet again Danny Amendola with the knee injury, doubtful for this week. Sammy Watkins with the foot injury, questionable. With no additional information right now, all we can do is continue monitoring practice reports. That said, Sammy Watkins was a risky wide receiver, three or flex to begin with and doesn't necessarily need to be rostered in shallower leagues. If you're in the playoffs, you likely have had better options to get you there. Deshaun Jackson, thumb injury questionable this week, but with Tampa playing well on offense even without him, Jackson would be a boomer bust wide receiver four even if he returns. Like Watkins, Jackson doesn't need to be rostered in shallower leagues at this point. Pierre Garçon, knee injury. He's been dealing with this all year, questionable for this week, but he's unlikely to play a huge part in the San Francisco offense at this point regardless. Garçon is droppable everywhere. Kirsten Kirk, broken foot on IR. Droppable in redraft, of course. Uh, hang on to him in Dynasty.
0: Yeah, maybe even by low in Dynasty. We'll see. Um, for sure. At tight end here, uh, Evan Ingram with that hamstring strain. Uh, he's missed two games now. Uh, questionable, but monitor those practice reports this week. As we said during the preview portion, uh, it's not a great matchup for him regardless. Jimmy Graham, uh, nothing new here. Uh, Just wanted to reiterate that he did look effective, even with the splint on his hand. So he may be worth adding, depending on your tight end situation in your league. And then Greg Olson, sadly, with that ruptured plantar fascia. Uh, It was a a nice comeback story for a few weeks, but he is now out for the season and droppable in all redraft formats. And that sounds
1: horrible horrible i mean can you have you ever had like plantar fasciitis where the bottom of your foot just aches anytime you take a step
0: um i have not but i I actually did see a tweet earlier um earlier today Uh, i don't know how accurate it is but supposedly that um the full tearing it or rupturing it is better than actually whatever he was going through and trying to you know massage it and you know, it's kind of like when okay. you when you break your ankle, it's better than uh, spraining it. Something along those lines. You know what I mean?
1: I don't, but okay. Uh, as for well, the uh, waiver,
0: hold line, on. <laughs> let me let me clarify real quick. Supposedly, <laughs> it, it's it's less it's less painful and actually heals better if you just rupture completely and let it heal, rather than you know the the sort of strained and you know playing through it.
1: Okay. Okay. I can. I can absolutely see that point. Get him some time to to rest. Hopefully. Hopefully, he doesn't have a limp in uh, in three months.
0: Right. Uh, I, I will. Virus. I will say that even in Dynasty, I would probably be selling for anything you can, or even probably droppable at this point.
1: Oh yeah. This is that's that's. that's that's not like a, that's a whole series of tendons and, and, you know, that's not an easy thing to heal. Let's, let's just put it that way. Right. So, so I would, I would absolutely be selling him. Hope, in hopefully if, he'll, if you could. uh,
0: hopefully Greg Olson will replace Jason Witten in the, in the booth next year.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Actually, how cool. What if they, what if they replaced that other uh, clown they've got with uh, Witten? I can't think of his name, but he's, he's just horrible. And if they just had an all tight end uh, set up,
0: or, uh, or the dude in that little car along the sidelines that's super annoying.
1: Oh my gosh, I just figured it out. Monday Night Football, f- starring Jason Witten, Greg Olson, and Rob Gronkowski.
0: And, you know, throw in Tony Gonzalez.
1: Exactly. Oh, yeah, he would, he would have to keep the thing going. He'd be the only one that you could actually listen to analysis from.
0: Oh, I'd listen to Gronk. I'd listen to Gronk all day.
1: But he's, yes, he's entertaining. Okay, waiver wire section. (laughs) 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 Quarterback waiver wire. Dak Prescott, 53% ESPN, 56% owned in Yahoo. Prescott has played well since Dallas traded for Amari Cooper. uh, Well enough to get an upset win against New Orleans this past Thursday with Philly, Indy, and Tampa coming up. Crest got some mid range quarterback one for the fantasy playoffs and should be owned in most leagues. If even if you already have a quarterback starter, you'd be denying a playoff opponent with big quarterback upside. I'll say that one more time. Philly, with nobody at cornerback. Indianapolis with no defense. And Tampa Bay, we all know how that goes. Mitch Trubisky, about 70% all around. If Trubisky was dropped in your league due to his injury, pick him up. Sounds likely that Trubisky will return this week for a potential shootout with the Rams. After this week, he then has two good matchups versus Green Bay and San Francisco. He's another mid-range quarterback for the fantasy playoffs and should be owned. Lamar Jackson, about 50%. Uh, Jackson is still doing almost nothing in the passing game, but his rushing yards and scores can continue to make him a high-floor, high-ceiling quarterback two in fantasy. At Kansas City this week, isn't the best matchup, but he may need to play catch-up, and he's at home versus Tampa next week. Josh Allen, 4% ESPN, 5% owned in Yahoo. Like Jackson, Allen is adding a ton of fantasy points via his rushing production, and while Jackson has an easier matchup on paper, Allen is probably the better passer at this point in their careers. Uh, Jackson and Allen are both high-floor, high-upside quarterback two options. And Jameis Winston, 65% ESPN, 57% in Yahoo. Winston has averaged over 20 points per game over his last three, but New Orleans is a tougher defense than San Francisco or Carolina, so there's a risk that Winston could revert to his old ways in this one and throw multiple interceptions. How also, well, however, there's also lots of fantasy potential in a game where New Orleans will likely score a lot of points, probably near 50, forcing Winston to air it out for yards and touchdowns, even if he does throw some interceptions.
0: Yep, and then at running back, we've got Jeff Wilson Jr. leading the way, 0% owned in ESPN, 1% Yahoo. Matt Breida's out with that ankle injury this week. Uh, Wilson himself suffered that foot injury, but assuming that Wilson is active, the Niners showed their willingness to deploy him as a workhorse back if Breida were to miss time. He's a PPR running back 2 with lots of upside here. Jalen Samuels, we talked about 3% on ESPN, 9% owned on Yahoo. Samuels came in for James Connor after he hurt that leg, should be the primary backup. It sounds like Connor's injury wasn't that serious, but this is a wake-up call for all James Connor owners. Jalen Samuels should be added regardless of his status for this week. Uh, even if Connor is active, Samuels can still be a flex play in PPR, um, and he could also be a tight end one play with that eligibility in Yahoo Leagues. Austin Eckler, 90% owned in ESPN, 88% owned in Yahoo, and Justin Jackson, 12% owned in ESPN, 23% in Yahoo. Uh, It sounds like Melvin Gordon is questionable and could potentially return this week. However, uh, these running back handcuffs should still be owned. And if Gordon were to miss another week, then Eckler and Jackson are both startable as a PPR running back 2 and flex play respectively. Josh Adams, 67% owned in ESPN, 55% owned in Yahoo. Darren Sproles coming back certainly muddles that backfield a little bit, but Adams was featured against the Giants and should still get a pretty decent workload even if Sproles is back. As long as Adams can hold up to the workload and the hip issue isn't serious, then he's still flex play with upside, even with some difficult matchups coming up. Chris Thompson, 56% owned in ESPN, 50% owned in Yahoo. Thompson is finally healthy from that rib injury. We've seen tonight that Washington is willing to use him in both the running game and the passing game, especially with some running back screens and PPR. He's a running back three with lots of upside here. Sharkhandrick West, we mentioned as well earlier, 0% owned in ESPN, 1% owned in Yahoo. Spencer Ware was added in the vast majority of leagues last week following the news about Kareem Hunt. Obviously, Ware should be added if he's still available, but. Kansas City signed Sharkhandrick West earlier today, and it's possible that he could immediately fill in on passing downs and be the backup for Ware, given his familiarity with the Chiefs' playbook. He's a potential PPR flex with upside, if anything were to happen to Ware. Theo Riddick, 40% owned in ESPN, 56% owned in Yahoo. Riddick has been used a ton in the passing game since Detroit traded away Golden Tate. He's a low-ceiling, high-floor flex play in PPR. Gus Edwards, 70% owned in ESPN, 73% owned in Yahoo, and Ty Montgomery, 13% owned in ESPN and in Yahoo. Edwards is widely owned and is still Baltimore's lead back. However, he left the game with an ankle injury, and while he remains a viable flex play, Montgomery might be the better play in PPR. Baltimore is likely to trail Kansas City this week. Um, and the Chargers in Week 16, possibly leading to more passing down work for Montgomery if the game script calls for it. Kenneth Dixon could also be worth a look at as a flex in deeper leagues if Edwards is out this week. Jalen Rashard, 49% owned in ESPN, 39% owned in Yahoo. Rashard continues to be used in the passing game, particularly in catch-up situations. He's a PPR flex play like Theo Riddick, although with a slightly lower floor. Richard should see plenty of targets in the passing game with Oakland likely trailing this week against Pittsburgh. And then Rex Burkhead, 12% owned in ESPN, 24% owned in Yahoo. Burkhead's more likely to detract from Sony Michelle, and James White fantasy production rather than add a ton on his own. But both Michelle and White have had injury issues of their own, and we've seen that anytime a Patriots running back is hurt, the other two usually produce way more fantasy points. Burkhead is a potential RB3 or flex with upside and then finally some other priority running back handcuffs that are widely available on waiver wires Rod Smith and Dallas and actually we just heard that Malcolm Brown um might need season-ending shoulder surgery um Hmm. it's escaping me right now but what's the name of the other Rams running back
1: oh uh Todd Gurley
0: (laughs) Thank you. That, that was uh, incredibly, incredibly helpful here. Um, You're welcome.
1: Is that not what you meant?
0: Um, yeah, hold on. Uh, John Kelly. Um, That's the so one. So he may be worth uh, adding in deeper leagues, although um, that may become... What about become, Justin Davis? Yeah, that may become a split backfield uh, there if yeah. anything were to happen to Gurley and Brown's already out. So I don't know that those guys are necessarily priorities, but... Just something to keep an eye on, especially in deeper leagues uh, where, you know, those wide receiver three, wide receiver fours aren't really going to help you if you're not starting them.
1: Yeah, John Kelly was the rookie drafted this year, so I, he, he's the way that I'd lean as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then a few more here, uh, just in case. Cameron Artis-Payne in Carolina with C.J. Anderson gone. He's the clear backup for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Royce Freeman in Denver, of course, and then Rashad Penny in Seattle. Seems like he has overtaken Mike Davis a little bit finally. Um, Just a reminder that we had Spencer Ware on this list in prior weeks, so don't wait until something happens to your running back one. These guys are all worth a preemptive ad depending on your bench spots and whether you're actually starting those guys.
1: Absolutely, especially at this point in the season where you're only competing versus you know essentially six other teams right now basically in the playoffs uh, you're, you're not you're not looking for bench depth you're looking for you're looking for catastrophe you're looking for insurance basically at this point you're right in, in I your mean, season what
0: are you what are you expecting out of Tyrell williams if you already have like tyreek hill and robert woods
1: exactly as for speaking of wide receivers uh, adam humphrey 41 percent espn 50 percent in yahoo and chris goodwin Godwin, sorry, 47%, ESPN, 46% Yahoo. Prior to tonight's game, Humphreys is wide receiver 27 on the season, and Godwin is 25. With Deshaun Jackson out, both wide receivers are high-end wide receiver 3 plays with wide receiver 2 upside in Tampa Bay's passing offense. This week for New Orleans should be a shootout with plenty of points scored on both sides. Carolina, DJ Moore, 77%, ESPN, 82% Yahoo, and Curtis Samuel uh, in the teens in both uh, both leagues. Both Moore and Samuel are getting more targets than Devin Funches at this point, and given how many points the Carolina defense is giving up to opponents, Newton needs to throw the ball in most games. With Greg Olson done for the season, this may free up even more targets for Moore and Samuel, making them high upside wide receiver three or flex plays with a great schedule versus Cleveland, New Orleans, and Atlanta in weeks 14 to 16. Cortland Sutton hovering around 50% owned. Sutton is a boomer bust wide receiver three growing into that role vacated by Demarius Thomas with Case Keenum playing fairly well the last few games Sutton had potential with good matchups coming over versus San Francisco Cleveland and Oakland in the fantasy playoffs. Anthony Miller, 41% owned in ESPN, 34% in Yahoo. Miller has struggled with Chase Daniel, but with Mitch Trubisky potentially back from his shoulder injury this week, Miller has a great fantasy playoff schedule. The Bears will be in a likely shootout with the Rams week 14 and then play two teams with bad secondaries, versus Green Bay and at San Francisco in weeks 15 and 16. He's a wide receiver three with massive upside once Trubisky returns. Dante Pettis, 2% ESPN, 4% Yahoo. Pettis, displays latest playmaking abilities versus Seattle with Pierre Garçon and Marquise Goodwin both out. While the 49er schedule is tough the next few weeks, Pettis has enough talent to break a long touchdown on any given play in his Boomer bust wide receiver four with ups- upside, especially if Kyle Juszczyk gets downfield and does some awesome downfield blocking for him. Bruce Ellington, 9% ESPN, 9% Yahoo. In his three games since signing with Detroit, Ellington has averaged about nine targets per game and over 10 points per game in PPR. With Stafford struggling and checking out often, Ellington is Is a PPR flex without much upside but decent weekly floor. And David Moore, 17% ESPN, 26% Yahoo. Moore is still just a boomer bust wide receiver for four, and his zero points in Week 13 showed how low his floor can be. However, he has a good matchup coming versus San Francisco this week, and again in Week 15. Then he gets Kansas City in Week 16, with Seattle likely needing to air it out on offense to keep up with Mahomes and the Chiefs.
0: And at tight end, um, <clears throat> interesting to note here, just if you lost Greg Olson or if you've been streaming tight ends all year, uh, the waiver wire position is pretty barren here. Um, all the good tight end ones are obviously rostered and a lot of the upside tight end two streamers are as well. So here are a few deeper names with high upside this week if you're really desperate for help at tight end. Ian Thomas, uh, he's not owned anywhere. Uh, Thomas didn't do much when Greg Olson got hurt earlier this season, but neither did John New Smith when Delaney Walker first went down. Thomas caught all five of his targets against Tampa Bay for 46 yards, and he's got a good matchup against Cleveland this week. Dan Arnold, 1% owned (coughs) in both ESPN and in Yahoo. The Saints looked mortal against the Cowboys Thursday night, but Tampa Bay is giving up a ton of points to opposing tight ends, and Arnold is playing more and more over Ben Watson at this point. This should, get, this should be a get-right, bounce-back game with Sean Payton keeping his foot on the gas pedal.
1: At defense, New Orleans defense and special teams, 33% owned in ESPN, 46% Yahoo. The Saints defense has been playing phenomenal the last few weeks, and they get a turnover-prone Jameis Winston in what should be bounce-back game for them after a tough loss at Dallas. Speaking of, Dallas... 32% in ESPN, 27% Yahoo. The Cowboys' defense hasn't been great in fantasy, but they showed how good they are, stifling Drew Brees and the Saints' offense in primetime. Philly has been struggling on offense and defense, and Dallas should be able to find some turnovers in this one. KC defense, uh, 72% across the board. The ownership percentage on the Chiefs defense is finally going up after averaging 10 points over the past three games. If they pull ahead, Lamar Jackson may need to throw more and run less in this one, possibly opening up some sacks and interceptions, especially if Eric Gary is able to return this week after starting to practice this past week.
0: And a kicker, of course, we'll kick it off with Michael Badgley, 15% owned in ESPN, 27% owned in Yahoo. Uh, Of course, he had a down game uh, against the Steelers here despite that high point total, but he remains a great kicker option. He's tied to a high-scoring offense and should have more opportunities this week against a bad Bengals defense. And then Kaimi Fairbairn probably won their matchup uh, for a lot of teams uh, after his 20-plus point performance this past week. 70% owned in ESPN and 64% owned in Yahoo. So already highly rostered, but uh, you know what? He should be probably rostered in almost all leagues at this point, because he's going to be a great fantasy kicker down the stretch. Uh, While he's unlikely to have another 20 point day, um, he is a good option against Indianapolis this week in what should be another high scoring game. That is going to do it for us this week. Uh, Again, hopefully, if you're listening to this, uh, it's not just for fun and uh, you've got a chance at the title. Uh, this is this is the the time. You're in it to win it. Uh, you got to take some risks. Uh, add some waiver wire ads to uh, deny your opponents uh, or help boost your own rosters, whatever it might be. Uh, go get it done. Uh, good luck. Uh, I, I don't know how the Philly defense is doing, but uh, hopefully you'll have better luck than Los. And... Hmm. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, as always, uh, you can always find us on Twitter if you have questions, particularly in these crucial playoff matchups. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G.
1: I'm at FFA underscore LOS, L-O-S, and you can always uh, target our super producer, Dan, at FFA underscore Dan. Target him with comments and quotes and posts. I don't know why I said target. I think I meant reach out to uh go for the gold folks um reach for the stars keep your dreams up high and always pay attention stay vigilant my friends oh and also uh subscribe to the podcast we're available on itunes google play stitcher and soundcloud whether you're listening to us on your computer or mobile device just hit subscribe and we'll be ready there right there for you early first thing tuesday morning
0: and as always it's a fantasy world and we're all just addicts in it Thanks, Alex. Casper's most sparkling
1: sale of the season is here. This summer, dive into your best sleep and save up to $600 off any of our award winning mattresses during our 4th of July sale. And get up to 50% off pillows, duvets, bedding, and more. Make summer sleep your best sleep with up to $600 off mattresses and up to 50% off everything else. Shop our 4th of July sale at Casper.com or a participating store near you. Going on now through 713. Exclusion supply. See Casper.com/slash promo.